Hi friends, I'm Katie Brinkley and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Marketing. With nearly two decades helping business owners, consultants, and coaches with their digital marketing, I know that social media can be an incredible tool to grow your business when you know how to do it the right way. And that's what we're going to do today. I teach you how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship and digital marketing, and hopefully you'll grow your business with a few great tips you wouldn't have known otherwise, and maybe even discover a great local business you love. Let's dive into today's episode. Welcome back to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. I'm sitting down this week with an expert in scaling. Yes, if you have been looking on trying to take your business to that next step, you are not going to want to miss this week's episode. So Jordan, Shanda King, and I have known each other since the days of Clubhouse. We met back in the Clubhouse days and I'm on her email list. We're connected on socials and we just have always kind of stayed in each other's spheres. And finally, one day I was like, I can't believe I haven't had you on the podcast, Jordan. I mean, you are, you have such a wealth of knowledge. You have your own podcast. And back when we first met, you were the one who kind of got the idea of group coaching into my, my idea sphere of, cause I was only offering done for you and one on one coaching. And now I do the, the, the boot camps every quarter. And this was one of the ideas that I had in my head and I just didn't know how to really execute it. So again, whenever I do a boot, boot, camp, a different boot camp program. I always think of you and I'm like, oh, well, this is great to have in my back pocket because it is another offering that I can offer for my clients and customers. And it's it's an easier way to scale. So before I dive too much more into that, Jordan, like I said, we, we've known each other for a while now, but your business has shifted a little bit since we first met. But what you're doing now is really changing businesses and changing lives for so many business owners. So thank you again for coming on the show today. And I'm excited to talk some scaling tactics with you. Yeah, I'm excited too. Thanks for having me. And it's funny because not only has my business shifted, I run a totally new business from when we met. When we met, it was a different business that I was running. And part of my experience that I had running that business with a good friend of mine, we co-founded that. That experience shaped what I started with this new business. So yeah. pretty cool. Well, well, take us a little bit through that journey because sometimes it could, well, one, you had your business with a friend, which is always fun and exciting, but it's also kind of scary when you have to leave that business to, and decide to go off on your own. So talk to us a little bit about starting a new business on your own and kind of having to shut down a business that you were passionate and cared a lot about. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. And I'll add another layer that is this business, Easy Scaling, that I currently run is actually my third business. And my first two businesses, I co-founded both of those. So I had only ever been a co-founder until this business. And so actually it was, I would say, maybe even like the biggest thing that held me back from doing that was the confidence to run something myself because I had been a business owner for almost a decade at, at the point when I started this business, but I had never done it by myself. And so I was like terrified, <laughs> like, wait a minute, I'm going to have to do everything. I don't have someone like there every single day that I can bounce ideas off of. It was a real interesting transition that I had to make just like mentally, like the mindset and the approach to, to running a business. That was probably my, my biggest hurdle to even getting started. 
Well, and mindset is such an important part of being a business owner. I think that for so many entrepreneurs, getting your mind in the right frame of mind, getting your head in the right frame of mind, whatever. Get your head <laughs> you, right. That's what get I your call head it. Right. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you have your head right, everything uh, kind of starts to move easier. And I think that there's still the imposter syndromes. There's still the, how am I going to get it all done? How, what should I prioritize? Is it the right time to do this? You know, how am I going to budget for this? And it, it can be extremely overwhelming. So getting your mind in the right spot is extremely important. And what, you know, you said this is your third business with your first two businesses. What was one of the biggest things that you learned that from those two businesses that you started and then you know, shut down and started and shut down so that you could have this business that you have now. What was something that you learned from both of those that you're like, I am not going to do that again, or I'm not going to make that mistake again, because I want to absolutely one started the right way. Yeah. I think, oh man, there's so much because I'm very, I'm very fortunate that pretty much everything that I did in my first business and then also in my second business led to me being able to do this business. Like that experience, both of the businesses were in the online space. And so I would have, I would not have the knowledge and expertise and credibility within online business that I have, which is what makes me really effective for my clients had I not had those first two businesses. Right. So that's more about just like gaining the experience over time that you, you don't even realize you're doing it in the moment that compounds and then allows you to do whatever that next thing is uh, for you or for your business. But if I think more about like lessons learned, like mistakes made, things that led me to do things differently in this business, I would say serving people who I like deeply resonated with and also really understanding what my expertise was and owning that. So in my first business, I was serving, it was a college and scholarship prep business. So my ideal client was either high school students or their parents. And at the time, I when I started that business, I was like 24 years old, <laughs> 23, 22, somewhere around there. And I was not a high school student, nor was I a parent, let alone a parent <laughs> of a high school student. So it made it very difficult for me to understand my ideal client, which it's critically important to being able to be <laughs> successful, right? So I learned that <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm never going to start another business unless my ideal client is me or at least some version of me that I can like resonate with. So that was a huge learning lesson. And I don't think that needs to be the case for everyone. But for me, it was really, really important because I wanted it to feel easy. Uh, so this business feels really easy because I know exactly who I'm serving and I was in their shoes three days ago or, you know, six months ago or three years ago or whatever it is. Um, but the other thing, is, and it relates to what I was mentioning to you earlier, and that is really understanding my expertise and owning that. So when we met and I was running Fem Mastermind and helping women, coaching women through creating their own group programs, I found that I didn't actually relate to, nor did I enjoy being a coach. It's not what I do. I'm not good at it, actually. What I'm really good at is telling people what to do. That's not what a coach does. And so I had a really hard time in that business behind the scenes. Like we, you know, we were getting clients, but then like the day to day, 
my role was difficult because I was like, I don't actually like coaching people. Like, I wish they would just give me their login for their platform so I could go fix this sales page for them. Like, I don't want to tell them. I don't want to like help them figure this out. I just want to like do it for them. And so eventually I was like, oh, well, that's a gap that I can solve for people. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a really successful business. And it is. <laughs> so, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about what you're doing now and what, what your business is now, because it's really exciting, I think, in the ways that you're able to, like you said, bridge that gap. So again, not a coach, more a consultant, strategist role. And I can see like, I can see best practices based on what has worked in my own business and what has worked in many other people's businesses. And I can tell you exactly what I think you should do. So I do a lot of that, a lot of strategy, a lot of recommendations, a lot of like, hey, if I were you, here's what I would do. And then we combine that with full scope operations. So that's what I was seeing is that people needed, they needed the strategy from the perspective of like telling them what was probably the best thing to do, not letting them process and figure out what to do, just telling them, you know, from a really strategic perspective. So I do that across every scope of business, right? So marketing operations, um, even tech, um, design, you name it, we're strategizing on it. And then I have a team of almost 20 women who does implementation. So copy, uh, marketing, tech, design, ops, systems, ads, everything. Um, they do the actual execution of, of the idea from start to finish. So how, how do you think that businesses are missing this important gap? Because I think that, you know, you're that CEO consultant, you can see the pieces and of the puzzle and be like, ah, so this is where they fit. And I think that a lot of times as business owners or as entrepreneurs, we start our business because we're passionate about one thing in particular or something in particular that lights us up. And then there's all these other pieces that go along mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. What do you think of the, the biggest thing that so many, that many entrepreneurs are missing with being able to really like put all the pieces together the right way and not need to have somebody like you come in? I mean, the big thing is that that's just not how their brain works. Like that's genuinely what I find most of the time. And if anyone has read or is familiar with the book Rocket Fuel, then you may know this concept of a visionary and an integrator. Most, most women that I know who own businesses are visionaries through and through. They're idea people. They're great at their craft. They can see the big vision of like where they're trying to go. They're not going to be in a project management tool mapping out the step-by-step actions that it takes to get from where they are now to seeing that vision fulfilled. Like that's just not how their brain works. And that's fine. Like most people's brains don't work in both of those ways, which is why that book is all about the fact that successful businesses have two people. They have a visionary and they have an integrator because they're very different roles. The, The integrator is the detailed person they like, I, I'm very like, um, I don't know the nice way to put it. The nice way that my clients would describe it is like grounding, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of like, I'm like bursting the bubble a lot of time of like, that sounds great. That's going to take way more time and effort than you think it's going to, you know, like here's what that actually looks like in real life to pull off that idea. Let's talk about that. That doesn't mean we don't do it, but we need to be realistic about it. Otherwise 
we see a lot of people committing to like big ideas and big projects. They don't realize how much they're biting off and then it's overwhelming or they can't actually fulfill it well, you know? Yeah. And I think that too, it, sometimes it can kind of seem like, oh, well, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. But how do I get there? How do I get to that next step? Or I know that I want to do this with my business, but how do I really get there? And I think that a lot of times, I'm sure it is exactly like with what you said of mapping it out. So if if somebody's listening right now and they're like, that's where I feel I am with my business. I, I have a successful business. Things are moving in the right way. I have different offerings, but I, I either A, I don't know what the next step for me is, or B, I know what it is and I don't know how to get there. What advice would you give to them if they're at that point with their business? Okay. If they wanted to do this themselves, what I would suggest, and I have a free resource for this actually, that would probably be helpful. Um, I would suggest starting with 90-day planning. 90-day planning is what we do as a rule for every single client that we have. It's a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable because it's the only way that we can be really effective in executing ideas. It's the perfect amount of time, like 90 days. It's not too long that you can overcommit to a bunch of stuff, but it's also not too short that you don't like see a lot of results from it. So 90 days is perfect. And we always suggest sitting down, and this is, I've got a loom and like a Google Doc of my entire process of this that I take my clients through. Uh, we can share the link for that. Um But I recommend revisiting your big picture. What are you really trying to do? Big picture. What's your vision? You know, who are you trying to serve and why? Like revisit that stuff every 90 days. And then that can help you make sure you've got good context when you get more into the nitty gritty of like, okay, what what are we selling over the next 90 days? What needs to be done in order for us to sell that? Is there a sales page built for it? Is this a brand new thing we're creating? What is the marketing plan behind it? And then also looking at like, how are you getting visible? Like this is really basic kind of stuff that businesses need to be doing all of the time and looking at it from a really holistic perspective about every 90 days and then mapping that out into a list of tasks or projects. That's the best way to like put the plan together and then actually have something to, to look at, to keep you on track. You know, and that's one of the things I think that I, personally, like I struggle with is I, I have, I'll map my stuff out, but it's holding myself accountable that I struggle with. And I think that sometimes is, I don't know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong with this, but as business owners and as entrepreneurs, it feels like, okay, this is what I want to do, but I have a hard time, you know, being like, well, I'll just do it tomorrow or I'll, I'll get to that another day. I have this to do that's more pressing for this client or this. What, what advice would you give to people like me with that are, that are doing the things, but not actually holding themselves accountable to do the things? Yeah. So do you mean, tell me more about this? Cause I'm, yeah. I'm interested. Um, yeah. are these things that are like bigger picture things, longer term things? And you're just like, I'm just too in the weeds with client work. I can't, I can't step out to work on the business. Uh, you know, I think that for me, with what, what my, my struggle is, is that I know what I want to do. Like I have like the, okay, and this is what I'm doing it this month. And this is what's going to be promoting to this. These are my 2023 goals. But then it's, you know, I, it's already one o'clock here in Denver at the time of this podcast recording. It's, it's one o'clock and I'm like, well, still didn't get 
lists one and two off of my, or priorities one and two off my list today. And they're, they're Katie things where I've already gotten things three and four off the list, which are client things. And Mm -hmm. I know like it's prioritized that way for a reason, but I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and get these done for my copywriter so that I can, she can have stuff to do. And then I'll I'll just go ahead and take care of this. So I, I I push my stuff down to the back burner. So I treat myself as my worst client. (laughs) Are you doing it though? Because because you're not prioritizing it because you're worried more about the other stuff? Are you not doing it because you actually don't want to do priority one and two? Probably because I don't want to do priority one and two. Can I ask what it is? Uh, So I have to record my quick cast episode that will come out on Thursday. So I do two episodes a week. I do the guest interviews on Tuesdays, come out every Tuesday. And then I do a solo episode that comes out every Thursday. I love doing my quick casts. I just, just haven't thought of what, what I want to talk about for the week's quick cast episode. So put that to the side because I didn't know what I wanted to say yet. And the other one was I wanted to, I'm getting ready to go out of town to speak at a conference and I wanted to get my social media batched and kind of ready to go so that when I'm gone, I don't really have to worry about doing anything except for my stories. And I was like, oh, I'll just, maybe I'll talk about what I'm going to talk about in the quick cast and I'll just keep brainstorming. And in the meantime, I'll move it down to, I'm going to go ahead and do my client work and maybe I'll get inspiration. And now here we are. <laughs> I I honestly think that's okay. I, I would, I oh, would okay. say we would have be having a different conversation if you were like, yeah, I avoid this every week. Then that to me is a red flag that you actually don't want to do it, which is also fine. Because yeah. I've got a ton of stuff like that in my business where I have over time realized, wow, I avoid that task every single week because I don't actually want to do it. And so then it's a matter of revisiting the plan more like like zooming out a little bit and saying, okay, is that actually a priority? Is there some way I can delegate it? Is there a different way I can approach content creation? I know you do social media. I hate doing <laughs> social media, which is why people pay you, right? Like I hate it. I despise it. I don't want to do it. Um, and so I avoid it. And so I find other ways to fill my pipeline that mean I don't have to do social media, right? Like yeah. that's a huge priority for me mm-hmm. because I don't like it so much. And so that's also stuff that's okay. Like I also have a podcast and I've taken a little bit of a hiatus from doing guest podcasts because I was avoiding it. And they're, they're a big lift on my end for scheduling and stuff like this. So I've been doing a lot more solo episodes so that that task item on my, on my to-do list every week feels a little lighter. So I think there's nothing wrong with avoiding it to an extent. If it's like you need, if it's something you need to be inspired for, and so working that into your schedule and not feeling like, like for me, if you told me I had to sit down and report, record a podcast on a specific day every week, I would say, absolutely not. That doesn't work. But I have it on my to-do list. And when I feel inspired, I do it. And in the meantime, I don't make myself feel bad for not doing it on a particular day because I know I'm going to do it when I'm inspired. And sometimes I'll batch some. So that's okay too. So I don't know. It could go, it could go either way. But if you're finding that it's like not actually something you like do, then we need to have a different conversation about changing the list of tasks. Do you think that a lot of people fall into that habit of thinking that they need to do something yes. even though they don't like doing it? Everyone does. Yes. What is the most common thing that a lot of people think that they need to do, but really they don't? Oh man, I think a lot of it can come down to content creation because there's a lot of noise in the space about like 
certain types of content that are like popular at any given time. I think people get that stuff in their head really easily that like, I should be doing this. Like I have to be posting X amount of times a week and it has to be this type of thing. And then I have to be doing that. Like that I would say is probably the most popular one. I'd love to hear. I'm sure you see that being in this space. Oh yeah. I think there's also though, just generally kind of this pressure we put on ourselves as business owners for everything to be like, really perfectly automated and like just, I don't know, the bar that we hold ourselves to on the back end operation side of things. None of us are doing it, but we're feeling the pressure all the time of like, oh, I should be doing, you know, that or like, I've got to do this. And it's like, yeah, that's just not, not necessarily like there's pretty much no hard and fast rule. And I find that most of us are beating ourselves up about um, things that we feel like we should do that just isn't always the case. Like, I, I don't know. I'm an ops person, but I have kind of like a love-hate relationship with automations. I, fe- I feel like it's kind of over. It's almost like it's overdone. Like, and this is partly because I'm in the space. So I, I know, I know how much time, energy, and effort it takes to set up like really robust automations. And then sometimes people like pay people just ridiculous amounts of money to set up all of these really fancy platforms and tech and tools and automations and things. And I'm like, yeah, you had three people run through that. Like what that you didn't even need, like that didn't make any (laughs) sense. You could have sent like a 12 word DM to that person and and actually probably had a better reaction than you did yeah. with this really complicated system. Not to say there's not any place for that, but no, but yeah, I, that, that makes sense. And I think that w- when you're talking automations here, that's, that's one of the things where I'm like, man, I feel like I, I should be using Zapier more, or I should be doing this. And you see other people, and this is the, the problem with social media is a lot of, there's a lot of gurus out there and there's a lot of, I did quotes for those that are listening, not watching on YouTube. I, I did quotes. So there's a lot of quote unquote gurus out there. And there's a lot of people saying that you should be doing this or, you know, I, I just made X amount of money with my first launch or anything like that. And so it's really hard to not have the comparison syndrome to not say, Oh my goodness. Well, if they're doing all this, then I'm, I must be doing something wrong. I'm, this is why I'm not reaching you know, this dollar figure, this is why I'm not able to scale my business the way that I feel like I should be scaling it. And what advice do you have on, because like with social media, it is so hard not to have that imposter syndrome and seeing what other people are doing. So what advice do you have on ignoring some of the gurus? Like what would be some of the the best advice that you would give somebody for focusing in on how to scale for their business without getting imposter syndrome. I'm not sure I can take away the imposter syndrome, but because <laughs> I think like, again, don't feel bad. I, I would say I feel imposter syndrome on an almost weekly basis. Right. And like my business is very, very thriving, successful, profitable, like has grown very fast. Like great. I still have imposter syndrome like on a regular basis, yeah. which is why I have support. I have a coach who I just sent a Voxer message to probably 20 minutes ago about <laughs> something I'm working on. I mean, it's critically important to have some type of support on that side of the business. And like, yeah, that aside, what I'll say is I think a really important frame to have around what you're doing in your business is to approach it from the perspective of everything is an experiment in business. 
everything. Even like that offer that you launched last year at this exact time may not sell like it did then because the market has changed or, you know, maybe your audience base has changed or like things can change all the time. Everything is always an experiment. And the best that we can do is go all in, get the data and then pivot if you need to pivot. And so I think that kind of like frame on everything that you do is really important. So I guess take everything that you see with a grain of salt, try it if it resonates with you. If you're like, oh yeah, that's actually really cool. But just because everybody's doing mini minds right now or VIP days or like whatever is going on right now in the space, like you see other people doing it and someone's telling you this is like, oh, this is like the solution to your problem. Like, sure, try it, but it may not work for you. Mm -hmm. It may not feel good for you either. Like that's, that's the other thing is there's a difference between stuff that works and stuff that feels good and stuff that sells and stuff that's sustainable. Like those are different things. And so you kind of have to always be trying and then assessing, you know? So we, we had an offer that sold like hotcakes and this was a high ticket offer. This was like 1500 to $2,500 a month that people were just like snapping up in like half a second it was great. It was great for the revenue side of things. We found that it was an absolute nightmare to fulfill. Like it just didn't, yeah. it, it didn't feel good for anybody. And we got rid of it. I mean, we cut our revenue in like over half probably within a couple of months because we were like, we got to get rid of this offer. This isn't good for our team. This isn't good for my mental health. Like this just isn't good. Got rid of it. And so those are like the kind of hard decisions you have to make when you get into situations like that, where you're like, oh, you're prioritizing one thing, but you're not looking at it holistically. Yeah. I, I love that because I think that as entrepreneurs, we have a, a hard time of getting into like, well, I don't want to fire clients. I don't want to get rid of the, I mean, like, I don't want to get rid of money. <sighs> Got to do it. But, but you have to, <laughs> oh my God. And then there's, it's, there's, there's been times where I've, I've had to do it actually a couple times already in, in 2023. And prior to this, like I'd done it like twice before in my seven years of business. And I'm like, ah, what was I doing wrong? Like <laughs> with, with this, uh, two, two p- people that I've had to, 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 to clients I've had to quote unquote fire. And it's always so hard saying no to money. But at the same time, you have to think about your mental health as well. Is it right for the business? Is it right for your team? Is it right for you? Because if it's wearing you down, then obviously it's not worth the money. You started this business for a reason, right? And I'm sure it's not to cause yourself more stress. Yeah, for sure. And and I think this is the problem with cookie cutter solutions in the space is that everyone's priorities in their business are different. And, and what you enjoy about your business... I love having an almost 20 person team. I think it's fantastic. I thrive on that. Other people would look at that model and be like, that sounds awful. That sounds absolutely awful. And I have talked to people I know personally, they're like, I could never do that. Like, that's great. That's fine. Like, you need to know what makes you tick as a CEO. Like, what do you enjoy? What feels easy? I mean, maybe that's not a priority to you, but for me, ease in my business is a massive priority. We let a client go this week. I don't mean for this to come off like really bad, but like I will do it at a drop of the hat if I feel like it's the best for us and the best for the client. Like no hesitation. Yeah, no, and, and I 1000% agree. And typically it can be a little bit scary, a little bit like, <gasps> I mean, I let go of this client, but you, I've always found that I'll get another client in that's at least more. one will replace them. Yeah, pay more yeah. and, <laughs> and they're a bit, way better client. So yeah. sometimes you have to be willing to say this, this is not worth 
the effort, the energy and the stress that this client is, is causing or, or this product that I have, like, maybe this isn't the right solution for me anymore in my business for like, like you said before, like our businesses evolve. When I first started my business, I was offering website design and I was doing a whole lot more, but now we just do social media. And I, because I love social media, even though, you know, it's kind of that necessary evil. I love being able to create content for people that like you don't like doing it. Don't like having to worry about the hassle of it and creating the content. So, well, Jordan, I know that you have uh, some really exciting things coming up. Talk to us about them. Yes. We are launching a brand new program very soon called Scaling School. And this is, you know, because, because I work behind the scenes with business owners on a daily basis, I have a very different perspective than a lot of people in the space. Like because we're doing execution, uh, we started as like pure operations agency. Now we've morphed into something that is truly full scope. But because we started with an operations lens, that's what we use to view everything that we do, right? And and we've we've really seen because what we do is full scope. We've seen how truly holistic uh, you have to approach your business in order for it to scale. It's critically important. So we've been working for months behind the scenes on putting together this program scaling school that's going to pull in dozens of experts on literally every topic that you need to be um, focusing on in your business. And then we're going to be helping people real time figure out, okay, here's what you need to focus on now. Forget the rest until you master this, and then we'll move to the next level. And really trying to create a program that evolves and grows with businesses as they grow and evolve. Um, because that's just, there's not a lot of that out there. Everything is like you said, not everything, but a lot of the programs people have access to are very narrow in scope. And there's a time and a place for that for sure. Like I, I buy courses all the time. I freaking love it. But, um, (laughs) that's not typically what's like really scaling our business, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so important to have all these, to have the one, the people in your corner that can help support you. I can't stress enough, like the connections, the network, the masterminds, the coaches, all of those are so important to have in your corner, but to having the strategy in place. So scaling school sounds awesome. Um, we will include a link here in the show notes, but if people want to learn more about you or connect with you, you have a great podcast. Um, tell people how they can learn more about you and, and, you know, if they want to take the next step. Yeah. Come connect with me on my website. It's probably the best place to find all of the info, easyscaling.com. The place I hang out is Instagram. Like I said, I don't like social media, though I'm glad that people like you do. (laughs) Uh, I don't follow anyone. I don't consume content. I've got like a bunch of weird boundaries around social media. So Instagram is where I hang out every once in a while. I'll put up a post, uh, but that's where I have all of my conversations with people. So come, come DM me and let's chat. Amazing. Well, thank you again so much for joining me on Rocky Mountain Marketing. This was a super fun and amazing conversation. Thank you. Loved it. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Rocky Mountain Marketing. Make sure to subscribe so that you can continue navigating the world of entrepreneurship. And I'd love to hear from you please leave the show a review and connect with me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Katie Brinkley or connect with me on LinkedIn. And if you're ready to start making some sales on social media, be sure to grab my free guide to selling in the DMs without being spammy. You can get that at katiebrinkley.com. 
Let's keep taking your marketing to all new heights.